0: Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, TVTPFL. It's Friday. It is April 24th. It's 2020 and we're here to talk some esports CSGO style today. Appreciate Dan filling in for me yesterday talking about the NFL draft, recording this before the draft actually gets going. Uh, we wanted to get this out so people can start looking at Friday CSGO slate. Um, kind of like a a peek into what we're doing here on premium um, as far as my side and I've brought in a guest today Ryan Hodge it's, it's just Ryan Hodge from Twitter like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna call you the guy that like was betting on um, CSGO before it was really cool
1: yeah man uh, thank you very much for having me on it's a long time listener first time caller if you will so excited to be on the show with you today
0: yeah. And you've been around the industry for a long time. You've been playing DFS for a long time. So like, were you kind of pumped that like, now that like, you know, you were betting on, you know, CSGO and now you get to like, actually have a platform where you can actually like play too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, been betting on CSGO for a long time. Um, always have played CSGO same, same as you. And and I think it was just a natural transition to start betting on it. Once I saw some inefficiencies in the market and, Uh, when DK put it in the lobby, it was like, wheels up, baby. Let's go.
0: So are you a fan of the new scoring? Like, I I know we we had talked in like um, DMs and stuff about like GLA. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to figure out if I like the new scoring more than I like GLA. I like the sweat more without GLA. I'll say that. It's easier to kind of follow along where you're at. But I still feel like we probably should have gotten a little bit more for 2-0 wins. Um, Like, if you watch, if you watch um, Thursday slate, like we were just chat- chatting about before, like Boom crushed, like they should be the highest scoring fantasy team because those guys absolutely crushed, and they might not be optimal for tournaments. We'll have to see how the rest of the slate kind of plays out.
1: Yeah, definitely. We still have got, uh, I think, three three games that still need to be played out on that uh, that Thursday slate to really see how it ends up. But I, I think the new round not played bonus is better in the grand scheme of things than gla because really what if boom if we had gla we would have some players probably sitting at 250 fantasy points on boom oh yeah and i think and that that just that breaks the slate to me and that makes it not as as much as it and as heavy as i am on boom everywhere like today probably would have been a really really good day but i just i i think i like the round that played i absolutely agree i think a 10 or 15.20 sweep needed to be in play not a five point there needed to be a lot more of a, a differentiator between winners and losers for sure
0: yeah because we would have we would have seen like a yell uh for instance you know we're, we're, we're going to talk about him in a minute anyway but we would have seen him get like gla for like 40 or 50 kills um yes. for that third map and like it, it he had 36 for the entire ma- like the two maps that they played so like I feel like that's where GLA kind of was messed up. And, like, that's why I like the round not played bonus. But I feel like right. now you're trying to project, like, what game is going to be really close and go 2-1. Um, You know, the two games that did that yesterday were the two optimal games to kind of target. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like it, that kind of creates an edge too because, like, as good as Boom was – Like, we really needed Imperial to win a map today for Boom to be optimal, even though, like, these value guys, Yell and, you know, SHZ, they're going to crush. I think the value guys become more in play when a team crushes like this. Agreed. And just for context, 50
1: kills in a map, in regulation is record setting, right? I think it's 47 yeah. on LAN or something like that, or 53. It's it's very close to that. And that's where GLA just doesn't make sense. It, it's out of control. Um, but I think the, the, the round not played is kind of a happy median. It, it does reward losers a little too much, I will say, right? Um, but the the game is so volatile that a team who who kind of got smoked on the first map and maybe had a uh, a half halfway decent second map they could come back and have a really good third map so I don't know man It, it it's okay at the end of the day we're rewarding the best players I think this yep. way and that and that to me works so I'm fine with that
0: yeah and I like Fanduel scoring too I don't know if you've dabbled in Fanduel at all I think yeah. the Fanduel scoring is like it, it need it still like needs a little bit of tweaking um but I feel like Fanduel like you can nail that guy that's going to go out there and get, you know, 40, 50, 60 kills in a match. Like you're going to be sitting really golden.
1: I love FanDuel. The $4 on FanDuel is a great way for people to get exposure to CSGO. If you haven't been in esports, that $4 contest, one hundred and fifty max is a really great way to get exposure. And the team aspect on FanDuel is great. uh, Points for defuses, points for bomb plants, bonuses for headshots, which are rewarding. They don't penalize deaths nearly as much because trading is important in Counter-Strike. So I thoroughly enjoy FanDuel scoring system.
0: Now if they can just get the pricing better. like Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like Main Brazil on- <laughs> was like ridiculous on Thursday. <laughs> MIBR's
1: pricing on Thursday was out of control. Yeah,
0: was it was crazy. So, All right. Well, Ryan, I brought you on. I appreciate you joining me, man. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's a ton of fun, you know, chat with you about CSGO and, You know, I played competitive CSGO for a very long time, and, like, the 40 or 50 kills, like, that's just insane. Like, let's just Mm – so, GLA was messed up in that aspect of things. Like, you're right. Like, if you would have looked at today and you would have looked at some of these boom scores, we would have been looking at massive, massive scores. And, like, you know, they still scored really well. So, like, you know, at the end of the day, I think the edge has turned to, all right, what game is going three and what game is going to be really close? And luckily, like, starting next week, we, like – South America grouping is pretty much done after Friday and we're going to get a lot of Europe games on the main slate and like Mm -hmm. Europe games are always going to be close. The best teams in the world are in Europe and like those games are just going to be fun. We're about to talk about some of them now, but like Monday it just picks up man. And like, we're going to get some of these European games on these main slates and it's going to be very important to target these games.
1: Agreed. And yeah, I think, I think there's a couple good games tomorrow too. It's important to remember Well, or excuse me today we'll get into it as well. Some of these tier three teams, if you will, or, or low tier two teams like Red Canids and, and Imperial, when you see a minus 145 favorite, I really tend to lean that to be a little bit more of a, of a coin flip. Um, those mm-hmm. games are very scrappy. Uh, a, a lot of strategy goes out the window. You know, forced buys can get turned on their heads. So when you're looking at some of those games, definitely um, feel free to take value plays from, from those lower tier Games, even if you see minus one fifty or even minus two hundred, like we saw yesterday with Boom, they were minus two twenty on Wednesday, um, and they they won two one, but it was very close to one, right? They even though they lost. were minus two twenty, <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. They so have lost. those games are definitely scrappy, to say the least.
0: All right, let's jump into this Friday slate. So we're gonna start with the two-game early slate. Uh, we don't do these in the breakdown, so it's fun because I get to actually talk about um, a little bit of the Europe slate here. Copenhagen Flames against Contact. You know, we have Copenhagen Flames Contact. I, I would say they're more like tier two teams. They're forty-six and thirty-second in the you know in the world as far as rank goes. It looks like this game is almost a pick 'em. Contact's a, a-, a slight favorite here. This is one of the matches like first glance, I'm like, all right, you know, Copenhagen's probably going to win their map of choice. Contact's probably going to win their map of choice. And we're going to go to a game three and see what happens. Um, overall, what are you looking at here?
1: Yeah, I think what's very interesting for contact is that, uh, Lenti, he has not played a competitive match in like a little over three months. If you go look at it. Um, so he, he's coming in and sitting on this team and he's replacing Rowland, I believe. And to me, I, I this is j- just what I was saying. I think this is a lot more of a coin flip than minus one thirty-five. Um, Copenhagen Flames did lose uh, Tiesis, who is a phenomenal fragger, and he's been replaced uh, with, um, gosh, who is it? Not a it was not who? Queenix. Uh, Queenix, thank you. And so I, this this to me is going to be a very very scrappy game. The market share of kills for Copenhagen Flames definitely leans towards, towards far league. Uh He is he is dominating the market share of kills when it comes to the last three months and the last six months. So, but he's priced like it too. It's tough. This is a tough two-game slate. I was trying to build around a round mouse sports stack and you, you have to eat some unsexy plays uh, in order to get that three-man mouse stack in.
0: Yeah, Farley, you know, the team hopper for Copenhagen Flames, you know, team hoppers, we tend to see these guys have Really high, really you know positive kill to death ratios most of the time because if they get stuck in a situation where it's two v one, they're likely going to save most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't tend to go for it. The op being the most expensive game in the, or gun in in the game that people actually use. Um, you know, Farley is a guy when he's hitting his shots. This guy has massive. He has double digit you know upside for kill to death ratio. So. When I'm looking at Copenhagen Flames, like, he's obviously, like, the main target for this team. Um, You mentioned his market share. He's a high-impact player. Um, Once you get past him, though, like, without Tessus here, like, this team is interesting because, like, it's who's going to step up and kind of mm-hmm. be that entry, like, rifle fragger. I want to say it's Noto's. But it's really tough to be like, he's the guy, because I I really think it's just going to be like frag on association here. And it's going to be really tough to kind of predict who that like second player is going to be from this team.
1: Yeah, none of the rest of the core, if you remove Farley, really have a high impact score. So that is a a metric that takes in one VX clutches, it takes in multi rounds. Uh, as well as a few other things that, that HLTV hasn't really disclosed into that impact rating, which is different than the HLTV 2.0 rating. None of these guys have more than a 1.0 impact rating over the last three months, um, except for Farlig, who who's has a very great impact rating. So it is, to, to me, I think you're looking at at probably uh, pricing in this, in this case. And when you start breaking down pricing for Copenhagen Flames, Somebody like Queenix is is almost min. And, and it's just like, yeah. at that point, it's like, if you're trying to three-man mouse stack and you're looking for a very scrappy game be, between these two teams, go for somebody that's, that's min. Um, and I don't believe, you know, you know it's something I am going to have to check. I know Emmy is the IGL for contact. I can't think of who the IGL is for Copenhagen Flames off the top of my head. But those are guys who I tend to avoid um, because they tend to take a back seat, They tend to gather information. They tend to be a little bit more strategic. Um, so usually guys that I tend to avoid, I, I should make sure that, that Queenix isn't their new IGO.
0: Yeah. I think it was, um, hold on. I just typed in and pulled it up really quick. Um, it's hoaxy. He's their Okay. Yeah. Um, and so like Tess, really quick, like Tess is, you know, you were talking about like impact, like he's a 1.15 guy. Like he, he was the second player. Like, he's really good. Like, it was a big loss for them to lose him. Correct. So, yeah, I'm with you on the in-game leaders. I talk about it all the time. I, I always think, like, your oppers, your, your tend to, you know, be your higher floor players and your, your fraggers, mm-hmm. rifle fraggers, um, tend to be your upside guys. Now, on the other side of this game, like, on the contact side – There's a couple guys here, you know, you mentioned Lenti hasn't played a lot, but like Otto, Otto's a guy that, like, I play a lot. This is a guy Mm -hmm. that can go out and, you know, make differences in rounds, Um, but here's the thing, like, Opper against Opper, I always like to look at that matchup because if we do get to a map where it's going to be these two guys facing off, like, they're really close skill level-wise, Otto and Farlig. Yeah, ex- extremely close,
1: especially when you start to break down their their kills per round. Uh, this this is definitely the matchup to watch between these two guys. Yeah. Um, I do think when you start looking at maps, we could see something along the lines of of nuke and maybe train and maybe mirage, just based off of their current ban and veto history as well as like their recent head-to-head matches that they've played
0: it won't be overpass
1: (laughs) it it will not be overpass correct that that should be insta banned from from contact um and I think dust 2 is probably gets banned by Copenhagen but once again they've changed up their team so we're not 100% sure what their what their veto uh looks like but train and nuke uh, especially train CT side train when you're uh opping on there, like that is a phenomenal uh op matchup on C- CT side train. So if train is something that gets left over, honestly, you're kind of flipping a coin on who gets CT side at that point. And if they start CT side, they can start really strong and they can get build up a good kill to death ratio. And then hopefully close the game out like 16-9 or something like that.
0: Yeah, um, you know, it's like you want that map and you want you want the opposite team to pick it so you can get the CT side start, so Right. Um, or it to be map 3 and like, you know, who's going to win the knife round. So, right. yeah, I was I just pulled up pricing on this two game slate and like the the pricing's really good. Like the the three best players in this match are the three highest priced yep. players in, uh, in like it, how it should be and like like you said you're 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 going to probably end up on who do I think is going to win this match? Give me the value guy from that team. Um, you know, I just did a quick search on Lenty, Went to like six months, and he's not a big kill to death guy. So, good luck figuring out who you want to play here. Um, this one's interesting. Like, like you said, you know, Mouse is Mouse is at like what minus a thousand or something. Like, they're we'll we'll talk about it in a second, but they're going to win their game, and it's probably yeah. going to be two nothing. <laughs> Definitely,
1: I think I think the value play here is just to to close your eyes with with Queenix for for uh, for Copenhagen Flames. Quite frankly, at fifty two hundred dollars, that mm-hmm. is almost near stunmin, uh, and and I think you just go from there.
0: All right, let's go to the next game. Here we got Mouse Sports against Movie Star Riders. Movie Star Riders ranked thirty seventh in the world. Mouse Sports ranked fourth in the world. Um, arguably a top three team. Um, this team's really really good. Like this is. When you're a the third ranked or fourth ranked team in the world and you know you're this good and you know they that fanatic mouse sports ESL uh pro league, you know, championship game was insane. Um yes. really could have went either way. It, you know, you start here with Ropes and Frozen. Uh they're two of the best players on this team. You know, Ropes is one of the best players in the world. Um you're paying up for these guys. I could see going Frozen and Captain just to save the extra little money, but like if I'm playing this two game slate, I want both of these guys.
1: Yeah, this this is I do not think that you avoid them in any way, shape, or form. This is not your looking at an MLB slate and state and saying, Okay, this team is gonna be really low owned, right. and that's because they only have an implied run total of, of you know, three point two, uh, and, and you're gonna play them for ownership. You don't you that it doesn't work that way in esports with a minus twelve hundred favorite. You want mouse sports here. They are the currently sitting number two ranked team uh, or number three, four. I don't know. They're for, <laughs> I yeah, they're thinking. fourth right now. JHL TV
0: right moves like every day. They're a top yeah. five team in the world, and they're going to stay right. that way. They're really good.
1: They're so, so good. Um, I, I think from this team specifically, that look, the market share of kills here is between Ropes, Frozen, and then waxic And you have Ropes, who has definitely the highest market share of kills on this team. But what's very interesting is when you're looking at market share of kills on a team like this, they are constantly competing against the the best in the world, the top 10, top 15, top five. This movie star writers is a top 75th team in the world. I have to go double check their world ranking, but they are not. They're they're not even remotely on the same level. So I think you have to look at that market share of kills a little bit differently. One, money should not be a problem for... Mouse sports here. Waxic should constantly have that op in his hand. Two, he played very well in the last ESL event. I mean, he really started to step up against some of the world's best. I think Waxic is your captain play for salary relief here. Um, nice. Lo- low, low death and, and should be able to get his kills up. And that is what is going to allow you to play all three of them. Ropes, Frozen, and Waxic Because I've played with this a lot and it is very, very tough to do a ropes or a frozen captain without just eating like uh basically making a non-GTO lineup. Like if you want to get really weird with your bottom two, like you can, but I don't, I don't recommend it.
0: Yeah. I like walks more than like Kerrigan and Chris J, but I do think Chris J and Kerrigan are both in play. We talked about them removing GLA, how the round not played bonuses and how this will help value guys. And like Chris J at 6,200, He's gonna be okay. Like he, he's gonna get frags in this match. Like the thing that's interesting here is Movie Star Riders bans dust Two almost every time. So Mouse Sports is getting trained, and that's really yeah. good for your Woxick play, um, as yep. well. So like the call on Waksick, frozen ropes, all these guys are really good. The question is, is anybody on this other side worth even looking at? Um because you're going to get the rounds not played bonuses for them as well. And it's a two game slate. They're really, really cheap. Is there anyone that like, you're like, all right, I'm playing a bunch of teams, probably not going to play any of these guys in cash games, but is there anybody that you were like, I'll take a shot on one of these guys?
1: Yeah. So I think, I think when you start to, once again, just look at like overall market share of kills and, and where guys sit, just as far as like their, um, kill the death ratio, what their impact score and stuff stuff along those those lines look like. Alex and Lowell kind of uh, uh stand out to me as far as like uh kill the death. Alex is the one guy who has a decent impact rating, and and this really just goes towards DK's scoring. Multi-kill, one vx clutch situations. So um you, you could look at you could look at Alex and Lowell for sure, but I like. Maybe Lowell uh, in uh, – let's say you're running 50 lineups, maybe Lowell in, in 8 to to 9%. Like, I mean, yeah. it is – it's so tough. It's a two-game slate. I, I think if you're throwing a couple in the $10 clutch, like, you should probably just try and avoid avoid these guys to begin with.
0: I'm going to throw one more name out there. We okay. know we're going to play Train – we know that this team's probably going to start CT side. Easter is the opper. That's yeah. all he does. This guy, that's all he does. Um, he's not very good, but I could see him at 5K, round not play bonus, just going – let's say he goes even. Uh, that's probably being a little optimistic. You know, I was yes. trying to pull up. I was looking at, like – I was trying to find, like, a match against, like, a higher-ranked team to just kind have of compare. Any. They don't have any. Um. <laughs> so, like – you know they they played um dig like uh, like a month ago or so and like he went like minus 14 in that match so like it, it's just really tough um to kind of compare because they haven't played train a lot either so it, it's really tough but like he's a dart throw at best dart throw at best um like if you want to go like 3 mouse Maybe throw an Easter in there with two of, you know, Copenhagen or um, contact just to kind of be different on a two-game slate, but it's likely not going to hit because he's probably going to get crushed and probably nobody on this team, let's be honest, is going to come through. Um, Agreed. So. All right, let's move on to the main slate. Uh, six games. Man, these six-game slates are so much nicer than what we had to deal with with clutch and loot bet over the last uh, few weeks. Uh, um, yes. We got Dignitas against Ninjas in Pajamas. Um, NIP is pretty sizable favorite in this game. But I will say, like, this change for Dig with Halzerk over Guardian uh-huh. is a yeah. lot bigger than people are going to realize.
1: Yeah, Gu- Guardian, I mean, he was a stand-in for them, you know, basically right. just trying to, to sit in for that, that previous event. They had all different kinds of communication issues, et cetera, with Guardian. Um, Halzerk is a is a fantastic player. Uh played well Thursday morning as well. Uh he was he was on the early two game slate. Um, and yeah, for for me, like this dignitas versus NIP. Look, NIP at minus three thirty-five. I think that that's slightly overpriced. NIP is in really good recent form. Um taking a match against Zaiwoo. They they took a couple maps off of uh Fnatic, I I believe recently, but they're kinda up and down, right? Like we also saw them lose uh oh two recently as well to to like a top 15 ranked team so yeah god said so,
0: bad yeah
1: yeah so i just it's it's definitely definitely tough that dude plopsky is way overpriced he's the highest priced player on the slate
0: yeah i saw that too i thought it was crazy
1: i i just think that is I think Popsky is astronomically priced. I think that will suppress his ownership. So I guess if you're looking at it from that aspect in the $12, like, you know, he does have an extremely high market share of kills. Like if you look at the last three months, he's uh plus 77 KD. The next best player knock is plus 35 KD. So, I mean, Plopsky is a great, great player. I just think that that is a, a pretty astronomical price.
0: Yeah. Tough ask at that price. Even if you want to be different, um, the the thing is, when I'm looking at this game and I've already done my write-up for this game and I already I've, I said it in my write-up, um, I I see a road for Dig winning 2-1 winning to in this match. Like, I think it's, they're going to need some help and they're going to have to hit shots. But, like, I, I do think they have a shot. You know, Halzerk is a really good opera. Forrest and Getright are really good rifle fraggers. Like, there's a road for them winning this match. And I think that... Like, if you look at some of the prices on some of these guys on, like, DraftKings, like, Get Right is really, really cheap, and he has them upside. Forrest is cheap, and, like, Halzerk is expensive, but if he's hitting, you know, op shots and, like, they get the right type of maps here, like, we're not likely going to play Dust2 or Mirage, which Mirage, it can be a decent op map, but I, I it's not my favorite op map. Like, even when I played a lot, like, I just didn't like opping on that map. So, the smokes that have evolved so much in CSGO, you can just take operas away from that um, map. So, like, I think if we do get into, like, you know, a train type of, you know, deciding match, like, we could see Halzark just come out of nowhere and break a slate on that third map.
1: Yeah, and I think I I absolutely agree. I mean, even if if you really start to look at it, get right needs to probably play slightly better than his standard expectation, and they right. have an extremely good chance. Forrest can play to his expectation. Halzer can play to his expectation. All they need is get right to just step up a little bit. And this is a much, much closer map. The plus 230 is attractive, but I don't think attractive enough to lay. But from a DFS standpoint, I think that we see this map or this this match go full three maps
0: they would have, they, they, they had a good chance to win, um, Thursday morning, like, um, exit, I guess is how they pronounce his name. Uh, like he was terrible. Like if he played any, like if he would have just played remotely good, he would have been fine, but he was terrible. Like it was bad. Um, so, um, really quick, just, you know, ninjas, ninjas and pajamas here, you know, you mentioned plopskies really, really good knocks really, or knock is really, really good. Um, they're fine. It's just they're a little overpriced. Um, I, I think they're fine. I think this match does go three games. The guy that I, I really like here is Rez. Um, he has upside. You know, it, it, he's he's very streaky. Um, but at this price, I, I think he's definitely in play. I'm just worried a little bit about ownership because you know day one of ESL, he went nuts. So I worry about right. his ownership at this price point.
1: Right. Yeah. So I I was gonna comment on that on that too. He is definitely playing above expectation right now. If you look over his last three months, insane. He's got a rate.
0: What? He's insane right now. Like it, yeah, like yeah. It, it's it's up and down, but it, it, this isn't like his typical play. Recent recent form
1: is very important in in Counter Strike. I think probably more important than than most other sports. So I think that there's a lot of weight that needs to be put into that. But I like his standard is he's just playing way above expectation. And I tend to start to avoid those, or I at least tend to avoid being heavily owned on those types of players.
0: All right, we're moving on. Um, Isseris against Boom. Boom, uh, 330 favorite here uh, when I wrote this down anyway we watch them have a really good map we've already kind of talked about them a lot um, this is a this is a well-rounded you know South American team um they can close out the South America group play here 3-0 if they win this match i do think they end up taking this match down um yells dropper feltz is a really good rifle fragger but like honestly all four of the supporting players around this op can frag so they're mm-hmm. a really like strong overall team and they're really cheap again. Like they were really cheap on Thursday and they're really cheap again.
1: Yeah. Bolts dropped in price from Thursday. <laughs> Makes zero cents. I don't, I don't, I do not understand. Yell went up in price, you know, like they, I think, I honestly think Yell and Bolts price might've almost swapped. Um, yeah. both plus is,
0: 18 and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's out of control. So
1: I definitely think we see SHZ again, um, very very heavily owned he was 75% owned in the in the 1k 10 man he's just i mean like every everyone is on on SHZ on on Thursday he was 75% owned so i just think like it's he's too tough to get uh, to to get away from at that price point you have a heavy favorite you have a guy who's who's heavily involved in his team and what's crazy is Yell is actually the igl for, for boom and he is opting out of his mind right now um, he has a fantastic KD. Phelps is dying a, a lot. Uh, which, chasing which is man, actually, he's
0: chasing so he, much.
1: He's pushing through smokes without support flashes. I mean, it's he is infuriating. I'm glad he had a good game today, uh, or excuse me, on Thursday. And I'm glad he had a uh, uh, he didn't did not have a, a good game on on Wednesday. So I think it suppressed his ownership a little bit for for that Thursday slate. But he should go back to being a little bit more owned. $9,800, you know, he's up there with, with uh, the, the rest of the, the T1 guys, um, like OC and Breezy and stuff like that. But like, oh man, I think, I think you definitely want to go back to boom. And I absolutely think like uh, if you're doing a three, two, one stack, which I think is very, very optimal, you should definitely look at two SHZ and, and bolts for sure. Like eat the chalk. I think, I think they're fine.
0: Yeah, if SRS wants to win this match, I really think I know like their first ban rate is really high for Vertigo. Um and, and like they they tend to pick that at a really high clip, but I think you have to take Mirage off the table for Boom. Like I really think that like Boom's gonna pick Mirage with their first pick, and I really think that you need to take this off the table. Like they're playing um so good on Mirage right now that I think that's how they stay in this one, but yeah, I love Phelps. Um, I wish he'd stop chasing. Like he would have went plus twenty five if he didn't chase yeah. kills today. Um, Absolutely. and people, people know that we record early, so like you can you can say today it's fine. Uh, okay. I'm going to say it too. So, <laughs> um, I'm actually going to put this podcast out earlier than I do anyway. But like on the Istria side of things, like I'll say one thing: I've been really impressed by 1962. I've watched um, both of the matches that this team has played. He is very good with SMGs and he is very aggressive. And I like aggressive players because they're really boomer bust. And that's perfectly fine with me if I'm playing tournaments. I don't think I'd target any of these guys in cash games, but I could see them stealing a map here. And if we get three maps here, there's a little bit of upside for a guy like 1962.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I do think that the overall map selection favors favors boom though um oh, yeah. I, I just yeah. like if you if you look at, at general veto history and and where their preferences are um boom it, it's gonna if, if it goes three maps uh it'll definitely be tight you know i think if it goes three maps it's pr- maybe because isris was able to to win a force by or two you know in in a map for sure um but yeah i think isris i if i remember correctly they they don't ha- have the highest impact players, and I think their market share of kills is
0: pretty condensed right very condensed yeah it's yeah really like Dico. he is he's solid but like really like Lynx is a guy that like all these guys frag all these guys frag yeah um so they're a good solid team like team aspect if we were looking at like them against maybe another tier three team but they're just not like there's not a standout guy that's going to win you a tournament most of the time right
1: yeah a 100% agreed on that I think I think it's a one-off and I think it's only a one-off if you're not really if you don't play boom like I, I think the correlation here would be extremely negative uh if, if you were to do you know two from boom and one from Isaris or something along those lines
0: all right, um keeping it rolling here in the South America Games, Red Candidates against Imperial. I think this game's going to be really close. Um I'm a fan of Imperial in general. Um I was on them on Wednesday. Um it was so close to working out. Um Well, sorry, Red Candidates, um Candidates, like Destiny is fragging. He is a high impact player. Lado usually frags, but he is just not playing well it's right cold. now. Yeah. He is like his fingers are ice cold. Um, I don't know. Like Destiny, I, I played him a lot on Thursday, and I'm probably going right back to the well here. Um, he really hasn't let me down yet, so um, no reason to jump off. Outside of they finally priced him up.
1: <laughs> I, I was just gonna say he's he's now ninety four hundred dollars, right? So finally caught up to him. Yeah, this is where Nithon to me once again is, is insanely an extreme value. Yep. Extreme value play at fifty eight hundred dollars. And FMX is once again at six thousand eight hundred dollars. He warmed up a little bit today. Uh, he started to play a lot better towards on, on Thursday towards the end of the, the end of those matches. And Lato, to me right now, I think his ownership will be down, and he you know is playing below expectation. So I typically like to target guys like that. But to me right here, if I'm looking at this game, I, I absolutely think you can go Nython and Destiny. Because combined, their their overall salary um, isn't eating a ton into your into your or the percentage of their salary isn't eating into your overall salary very much.
0: Yeah, um, we were jumping on as that match was finishing up, and they kind of red candidates kind of find it fell apart there on nuke at the end, and uh, Mistress ended up winning that match. But like at the end of the day, like Nithon, he had a great match, like plus fifteen. You know his mm-hmm. kill assist rate was really high his rating was really good like he's he's really underpriced for this matchup um i like the f and x call I'm probably gonna play lato again I, I know the upside like i i know the guy right. has a ceiling and, and like at the end of the day that matters um you know when you when you start digging into this guy's history like this guy has plus twenty you know kill to death upside and that's tournament winning so Okay. I'll take the ice cold days, the two days that he's crushed me and we'll right. see if we make it 3. Luckily he's not on the slate Monday, so we'll see.
1: Well, and that's where I think I think his ownership is is suppressed. I think tomorrow is or Friday is a, is a fantastic uh opportunity to play him at a lower ownership.
0: On the Imperial side, um Q <laughs> QKS, uh ZQKS, um Guy is a really good. Opper um, KH Tex is a really good rifle fragger. Like this is another team that has some really good rifle fraggers around an op, and when they're hitting their shots, they can beat a lot of these teams. And they're definitely a team that can go three maps, and they're a team that can upset here.
1: Yeah, Imperial. I this is I said it earlier where you you're looking at minus one forty five for red red cannons and, and plus one fifteen. It's probably a little bit more uh, even than that, just because of how scrappy these these games can get. Or what's funny is, well, they'll get two O'd and it'll be sixteen, you know, seven, and they'll they'll get absolutely smoked. And it should have been priced at minus, you know, two forty five for red cannons or something along those lines. Um, personally, for me, I, I probably will only be playing players from the the red cannon side of of the coin here or on this match. Just because if you start to look at, at market share of kills, um Del Boni is is slightly underpriced, maybe a little bit, um at, at 7k, but like I I to me, I don't know, he actually is probably priced appropriately. DZT is is probably the the underpriced player here.
0: Yeah, I think that um KHTX is the guy that stands out to me price wise. Um if I was just looking like a pure like upside perspective. Like, he's a guy, um, like so Imperial like split, and when they split, like they picked up three guys from Keed, and like this, this yeah. team hasn't played together very much. But I feel like they're all starting to find their roles, and like this is a guy that was kind of down when they that split happened and everything, but like his play and his ratings have went in the right direction. So At 5,800, if you go like maybe like a 2-1 of this game, hoping that you get three really close maps and a lot of frags, he's certainly someone I think you can run it back with. Just close your eyes if you are looking at the stats from the boom game because he was terrible um, like his whole team was. But he's a guy that has double-digit upside in the kill-to-death ratio aspect.
1: Yeah, they'll all be – all of their ownership will be suppressed. That's for sure.
0: They got crushed. (laughs) It was was ugly. Um, all right, let's go North America here. Evil Geniuses, 100, or 100 Thieves, uh, really close game. Top Two top ten teams in the world uh, facing off. Uh, these teams just played uh, about a month ago, right when we started doing CSGO. I think it was like one of the first slates. Um, 100 Thieves won that matchup. This is going to be a really close game. Evil Geniuses has been playing really good. Um, what are your thoughts overall on this one?
1: Yeah, I think the new coach for EG Zeus coming in uh, is, is going to – is going to pay dividends for for e, for EG here. I think Breezy large market share of kills. Um, and but what's nice to see here is Ethan kind of coming into his own a little bit after not performing very well over the last three months. He had a very very good game yesterday, as they should have. They were heavy heavy favorites. Um, so I think you know his his pricing is still slightly underpriced I think this game should be a little bit closer but quite frankly I don't think I don't think this 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 should be priced the way that it is I think EG should be closer to like minus 180 and this is not a tier three game where I think it's a little bit closer to a coin flip I do not think that this is priced appropriately
0: yeah I think that you know especially like outside of Stanislaw like he's the in-game leader I don't he's not really like a a guy that like typically has a ton of upside um actually played on a team with Tarek way back in the day like mouse has <laughs> like we played um ESEA open in 1.6 together me so like fun. The, Cutler he used to play for CLG um yes I played with him too like so but I've, I've known Tarek he's he's not really like a, a go get rifle fragger type of guy he's more of a support player so like mm mm-hmm. You know, you got Sarek, who's your opera. Breezy's your fragger. Um, You want Ethan to be that third guy. Some maps, it's going to be Tarek, though. Um, So, with these guys being so cheap, if, if EG wins this in a 2-1, like, these guys could really come through, too. So, Breezy, I think, at 8,600, um, you know, at first glance, like, he's one of the cheaper top-end, um, you know, high-end fraggers on this slate. Um that's not in that like 13, 14 K range when you're looking at, um, you know, captain spots. So he's definitely, I think he's going to get a lot of ownership here.
1: Yeah, he he absolutely will be highly owned, but I think that, I think that's fine the same way that on Thursday, a was, you know, 50 ish percent, give or take. I I think that it's definitely warranted that a guy like breezy at that price point should be high owned. What's crazy though is that on the hundred thieves side of it, If you look over the last three or six months for this team, JKS is the only positive K to D player, which is just out of control. And I still think he's priced too high. I, I like a hundred thieves. I do. I look, I mean, he's not priced, you know, like through the roof, but at, at 74, I think he should be a 66 or a $6,700 player in order for me to really be like, okay, that's somebody who I, I could I could see using as a one-off if I'm not playing the evil genius side of this. Um, 100 Thieves have just, their recent form, like once they went online, so they played Katowice. They played Katowice very, very well, but that's right when things started to go online. Since then, they just have not played very well. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they like, oh they got O2'd by Liquid. Liquid is a top five team in the world, give or take, depending on who you ask. But from there, like losing O2 to Gen G yesterday was not a good look. Gen is great, but I, I just, I don't think this game should be priced the way that it is. EG should roll.
0: Yeah, I think EG um, in a really good spot here. I think they want a little bit of, um, you know, revenge uh, for 100 Thieves taking them down in Pro League that was the first match that they had moved to online play and eg just didn't look good in that match so yeah jks like gratis faction like keep him priced up with that fantasy points per game up there because like he's just a guy that i'm never gonna play at that price Uh um (laughs) like JKAEM, um he is a guy that is streaky like he'll he'll have a map where he gets really hot and he has a little upside but Really, like, I just don't see a ton of upside here from the 100 Thieves side of things. Like you said, JKS. I haven't even looked at FanDuel pricing, so I don't know. I'm guessing these guys are going to be really cheap on FanDuel, but probably going to stay away uh, for the most part here. Like, if you want to be different, if you think 100 Thieves is going to win again in this matchup, JKS would be the guy, I guess. Um, But... I don't I don't I, I'm with you. I, I think E. G rolls this one and uh we move on to Gen G against Triumph and this is a game that listen, I am a Grim fanboy. I <laughs> I was really sad to see him leave Bad News Bears because him and Dapper on that team, like they could yeah. have legitly been one of the best teams in North America if they stayed together and if they could have just gotten along. But um listen, Gen G coming off of a big win. There is a huge man. I can't believe. Like when I pulled up Pentacle and I saw G was minus five hundred. I was a little shocked.
1: It's it once again. This is priced way off to me. This way this off is actually. This is where I think the plus three ten ml. I think that's that is a you know quarter unit bet or something like that, like a half unit or something along yeah. those lines. Just depending mm-hmm. on on where you're at with with your betting bankroll roll but like to to me this this makes more sense um they just rolled cloud 9 i think cloud 9 and gen g are fairly the same team when it comes to like any on on any given sunday if you will so to me um i think going going back to the well on grim like i he's 7400 dollars
0: he's so cheap man Let, let's just say so what it cheap. is he's so cheap
1: it is it is drastic. He was more expensive on
0: Wednesday, yes, right? I'm pretty sure he was like 76. I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, like I just 76,
0: 78. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's averaging
1: now. When you when you look at HLTV and you're looking over these stats and you see somebody who's averaging 0.85 kill per round, <laughs> the 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 context is important because that number is astronomical. The right. context is important. You need to make sure that you're checking to see what teams they've played recently. And for Grimm, they haven't really played any good teams recently, right? They they definitely dwell around like the – the or excuse me, for try-up. Um, but you also want to go go take a look and see what teams um, – gosh, where did Grimm just come from? It's totally slipped my mind. We just he came it. from
0: Bad News Bears. From right. Bad News Bears. Yeah.
1: So they're playing bottom 50, bottom 30-ish teams. So
0: that number is inflated. MDL, yeah.
1: Yeah that number is inflated a little bit, but still to be 0.85 kill per round and a 0.66 death per round. It's not like his death per round is up at like 0.71 or 0.72, right? Like he's smashing right now. I think he's great.
0: No, he, he's really, really good. Um, like he, he is the type of impact player that can like change a whole map, um, and and change a whole match for that. And like, I'm with you. If, you know, if I could bet in Florida, I think I'd throw a little juice on um, Triumph here because, like, Grim is a guy that can change a match, and they they need Curry to hit shots again if they're going to want to win this game. Um, I don't think I'd do a two-man stack of Triumph here, but I do think Grim's very much in play. Um, it was very nice to see um, BNTAT finally show up. Like BNTT showing up, yes. Finally, finally, it took forever. Like I
1: know. He's, uh play that guy yelling. all the time. I know dude. Last last ESCL event, I couldn't I think I there wasn't a player who I owned more on any given slate, more than more than Vientet. And uh he was just such a meh performance, <laughs> that whole event He's like
0: GLA's gone, I'll show up now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So
1: um I, I know we talked about a little bit on the plus three ten, but I do think that Gen G uh is has has some decent decent pricing here especially automatic 8200 fantastic opera saw him at 6600 he can come into his own at any given moment um he tends to just hover around like a, an, an even kd so there's not a whole lot of upside there but he's relatively safe if you're looking for a two-man stack in cash
0: yeah daps is the only guy that i really don't have a ton of interest in here oh, oh, just full leader. Avoid.
1: yeah, yeah full like avoid in-game leader
0: daps. super cheap i get it high favorite I'd rather spend the extra money and and go like some or automatic. Like you said, very good opera Costa is a guy that can, you know, change a map uh, with his fragging ability. So he's always interesting. All right. uh, We finish it out here in the North American slates, or just against um, cloud nine cloud nine coming off of a big loss. Um, (laughs) Not the way that they definitely wanted to start road to Rio. Um, What are your thoughts here with this one?
1: Yeah, the, look, that loss was shocking yesterday. I thought OC was probably one of the safer plays on the main slate on Thursday. Um, just, you know, you, you and I agree on the, on the op standpoint there. Like, low, low deaths, have the opportunity for a lot of first kills. They're looking for those opening picks. They're flash assisting a lot of the times as they're playing that support. So, like, I really like gang operas and the, and the captain. I thought OC was definitely one of the safer plays. Um, I am going to go back to it. This match to me though, I think is at plus once, like, I, I think it should be a price a little bit differently. Maybe cloud nine, like minus minus one seventy five, like just barely, uh, to me. Cause Orglis, like you talk about fraggers and aimers, like th- these guys can take duels. Yep. Uh, Orglis is very, very good at taking duels with sub Rosa and infinite. Um, so I think this they're an interesting way to go uh, in regards to to ownership because I don't think that you'll see them very heavily owned. And the highest priced players Wardell at seventy four hundred dollars for Orglis. or Orglos, where Infinite and Sub Rosa are both sub sixty five hundred dollars. So really easy salary relief for some guys who could definitely have who have high frag potential.
0: Oh yeah, um, this is obviously a team um, that like Wardle – We're getting trained here. Just so you know, we're getting trained. We're going to see the OC Wardle battle. Um, We're getting trained here. So um, you mentioned infinite. He's a, he's a really good rifle fragger. Um, So like, and sub when he's hitting shots is a good rifle fragger too, but he's been a little cold here recently. You know, floppy. We know how good of a fragger he is. We know Sonic is a guy that can show up and have big maps. Um, Old school player, man. Sonic's been around for a while. So, um, JT is a guy that I would definitely stay away from on cloud nine. Um, You know, he is just, he's not focused on fragging. That's for sure. Um, So I, I, OC was a, was a core play for me on Wednesday slate. So I was right there with you, especially on FanDuel. Like he was ridiculous on FanDuel. Um, I think he was like 9k or something. So I like Cloud9 to bounce back here, but I, I could see a 2-1 working here. I could see a 1-1 mm-hmm. working here. You could go floppy or OC with Wardle or Infinite. Mm-hmm. I think this, get, this is a match that I really hope goes three, and we're going to see a lot of frags in this game. Uh, I think that's how it kind of plays out here.
1: I, I agree as well. I think this is, this is going to be a very fun one to watch in the afternoon.
0: Yeah. So, Well, any other thoughts that you want to talk about here before we get out of here? No, I don't think so, man. I think we we definitely
1: gave it a good rundown. Make sure that everyone's reading your actual write-up where there's a lot more in-depth analysis on, on rotor grinders for sure.
0: I appreciate it, man. Make sure you guys are following Ryan on uh Twitter, Ryan Hodge. I'll I'll make sure I link him in my tweets and in the podcast so you guys can follow him. Ton of great stuff. He tweets out stuff all the time. Um, especially Locke. You know, he makes sure like lets us know when Locke is every day. <laughs> um Let's just play with you, man. So Ryan, I really do appreciate you joining me, man. It was fun talking CSGO with someone that likes the game as much as I do. Um, listen, just for everyone to know, just got to put it out there. Rotor Grinders, CSGO team, first match coming up, um, waiting for the breakdown from Taylor um, to break down the team. I just hope we don't go 0-16. and 16. Um, All joking aside, I really hope we don't go 0-16, and 16, so That's going to wrap it up here for Friday. We'll be back maybe one day next week. I don't know what the schedule looks like for next week. But remember, one thing at the end of the day, you can always – remember Coors Light. Coors Light's an awesome product. Um, if you don't like drinking for some reason, make sure. Life t- today is kind of a lot. It forces us to always be on, but every now and then it's important to just stop, crack open a co- mountain cold Coors Light and chill. So when you choose to turn off, choose the one beer that's made to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. These days, everything is go, go, go. Nonstop hustle has taken over and it's kind of a lot. There's work, friends, family, and a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on all the time. If the pace of things is wearing you down, take a moment, pause, refresh yourself. You need a moment to turn off for a little bit? Maybe you're watching CSGO. Hey, that's a great way to turn off for a little bit. And when you choose to turn off, reach for the one beer that's made to chill. That's what Coors Light is the one I choose when I need a moment to chill. So when you want to reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can have Coors Light delivered by going to getcoorslight.com, get.coorslight.com, finding local delivery options, celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ryan, appreciate you joining me. We'll be back next week. Hope everyone has an awesome weekend. Enjoy some CSGO. See you then.